Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Welcome in. Twas the night before the NFL draft and all through Dogs HQ. Palmer Toms, Jake Rowe, Wes Blankenship, and eventually Jake Roos lined up to talk to you. Welcome in. We are going to do a a little draft of our own tonight. Kind of a different format. We each wrote... Uh, our predictions about where certain dogs will go in the draft. Um, Certainly some first round guys, some mid round guys, late round mailman perhaps. But what we're going to do is uh, because these stories are behind a paywall over at dogshq.com, we're not going to give away our whole deal. We're not going to just put it all out there for the world to see because that defeats the purpose of it being behind a paywall, but we'll give you a taste. We'll give you a little uh, appetizer. And we'll let you know about some key guys and where we think they're going to go. Now, the way this works, if Jake Rowe talks about Jalen Carter, Palmer and I can't talk about Jalen Carter. We got to pick somebody new. So it makes it our own special draft. But I'm going to start with Palmer Toms and give you the floor first, man. Pick one guy. Doesn't have to be your first round pick, doesn't have to be your first overall guy. Pick one guy that you're very passionate and confident. 
is going to go in the spot that you predicted in your piece today? Man, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, I will go with Nolan Smith. Um, and I've got him in the first round and in the top 10 picks. Um, in, in my piece, I laid out who I thought those 10 would be in no particular order. Um, and it does include one of his Georgia teammates. Um, I'm sure you all can guess who that is. But I think Nolan slips in there. Uh, eight, nine, ten, all kind of makes sense. Um, if the Falcons want to make friends in Athens, they'll take Nolan Smith at eight. Uh, but the Bears and Eagles, all you, we all know they're they're really dead set on doing that, right, Palmer? Yeah, exactly. That that's that's their biggest priority is making friends in Athens. But um, the Bears and the Eagles at nine and ten also makes sense, and because there's you know three spots where I think he can end up. Um, you know, as, as much as the Titans fan in, in me would love for him to be available at 11, um, uh, don't think that he will be there. I think that, uh, he, he goes top 10 and probably in, on the latter half of that top 10 because of how quarterback crazy, uh, this draft is. And, um, you know, you, you've got two really talented edge players there and Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson that are probably going to go early. Um, but I think, Nolan joins the party there as well as a top 10 pick. Uh, what do you think about all this buzz that Nolan's been getting of late? We kind of talked about it with Roos when we got together on Sunday uh, when Jake Rose internet was buried by a avalanche of uh, excuses. Um, what, what do you make of this buzz? It's really, it hasn't slowed down. Daniel Jeremiah kind of started this thing and now we're looking at, uh, Nolan Smith potentially being in the top 15 picks. And to me, it still seems a little bit high. Well, I mean, to me, what, what it comes down to is you're looking at a guy that was the number one overall player coming out of high school. That is largely based on, um, you know, talent and athleticism. Um, he showed that off at the NFL Combine. Again, uh, you know, that's based on, you know, just sheer – athleticism and, and, and what you can do in, in you know, shorts and a T-shirt. Um, but I think when you turn on the film, you can also see an impactful player uh, when he's been healthy. Obviously, he wasn't healthy the last seven games of this year. And I think because of that, I mean, coming into this 2022 season, we saw him early in these drafts, maybe not top 10, um, but, but as a first-round type player and – he played like a first round player through that first half of the season had seven tackles for loss in, in eight games. Um, you know, a after being shut out in the season opener had one in each of the following seven, uh, before being hurt against Florida. And he was off to a one hell of a start in that game. So who knows? He could have ended up with more than just that one tackle for loss there. Um, you know, was a top five tackler on, on a, you know, defense that had five first round picks last year is likely to have at least, you know, one, two, two, maybe three more this year. Um, you know, that, that defense was super talented and to be a top five tackler, to be a leader um, on among those guys says a lot about what he is. And, you know, that, that, that word leader, I think is what sticks out to me with Nolan is the kind of player that you're getting with him. You know, where, with a lot of these guys, there's, there's some questions, you know, you're not sure about this. You're not sure about that. 
one thing you can be sure about with Nolan Smith is that you are going to get somebody that's going to represent your organization incredibly well on the field, off the field. Um, and, and, you know, down on the line, you know, when, when you're talking about a guy like a, you know, a, you know, somebody with a character concern or whatever, and, and teams are saying, Oh, well, we need, you know, we need veteran leadership in here, you know, guys to kind of, you know, keep that person in check. Nolan Smith can be one of those guys. So because of that, I think teams see a lot of value in in him. And, um, you know, I, I think that he goes in the top 10. I just go back to, uh, a couple things that Florida game in 2021 really did show like how impactful Nolan can be across the board. You know, he had the pick, he had uh, that huge strip uh, right by the goal line there. And that was, that was the game to me when I saw, okay, this is that number one overall pick out of high school. Not that he hadn't flashed before that, not that he hadn't made plays before that, but that was big boy football right there. And then I, I want to go back to what you said about him being a leader, Palmer. I know people are going to want to plug their ears when I say this person's name, but I heard that a lot about Tim Tebow when he was going into the NFL too. And it's a different ball game when you go from college being a leader, a rah-rah guy. In the NFL, that doesn't really matter uh, to the extent that it does in college. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter at all, and not that it doesn't matter at all to GMs, but it's almost an expectation and not as much a we're bringing this guy in because we expect him to have the troops rally around him in the locker room. It's a bonus. It's a plus. But if you're not that guy, it doesn't always set you back necessarily. But Nolan's not Nolan is not like he is a rah-rah guy, and that is it. But when I think when people talk about Nolan, they're not really talking about rah-rah. They're talking about a 238-pound guy who listen, I was watching a video earlier today and watching how they pull a, like a tackle pull around on him and counter and how it's, you know, he's given up a hundred pounds and he just snaps the dude. I mean, he just lights him up. He's fearless. He's tough. Uh, you know, throwing tampons up his nose after getting his face mask caved in and his nose broken and going back out there. Like you're, you're made, you're made of some different stuff. And that's what I like about Nolan. You know, I see the I see the things, right. I see, you know, Wes, I get your point on the production and stuff like that. And, and people that are saying like, I just don't see it. I don't see it. But the thing with Nolan is, is he is a great football player. And I think people saw that on film that, you know, listen, he may not, Georgia didn't turn him loose to run the rush, the passer a lot. They didn't treat him like a designated pass rusher. You know, he would, when Trayvon Walker was on the roster or Aziz Ojolari was on the roster, he would set picks on third down. He would drop into coverage on third down. He would do it willingly. He would do it well. That's the leadership quality there. But then when you do see them turn him, turn him loose, he makes plays. You know, he, he's an off-ball guy. He can be an on-ball guy. I'm not worried at all about production. And, and you know, I agree with what De Daniel Jeremiah said. It's something that I said way back. I, I don't know if he'll ever be this good because this may be the best defensive player in the NFL right now. But you can use him like you use Micah Parsons. I mean, you can play him off-ball. You can cover with him. He can spy quarterbacks. He can blitz. Um I think he's a stud, and I think he's going to be a very good NFL player just because I think um, – I mean, listen, if he's made a Kevlar, man. He's And I'm not talking about just from a toughness standpoint. I mean, anybody can get injured. I'm talking about, like, he will put his face in the fan if it's going to help you win ball games. And I, I always go back to one of the most 
one of the most raw and real moments I've ever seen out of a player was, I believe, when he was talking about the SEC championship game and how emotional he was about it. And he said, man, I've never won anything. And that's all I want to do is win something. And, you know, next thing you know, he's got two national championship rings. And, um, you know, God knows how good Georgia could have been down the stretch defensively if he wasn't hurt last year. Yeah, and they might not have that second one without that leadership uh, that we talk about. All right, I'm going to go next, and it's going to force Jake Rowe to talk about a specific guy. I'm going to say that I am confident that Stetson Bennett does not go before the first five rounds in the NFL draft. I had him going late, and that is not because I don't think Stetson deserves to go sooner. Um, I just think that the mountain of uh, evidence against him uh, the mountain of criticism against him will ultimately be too much for Stetson Bennett to overcome in the eyes of general managers. And that's okay. And I think that works out for Stetson Bennett because we've seen it work out for him before. Uh, it's just, it's the measurables. It's the lack of the eye popping arm. And if they don't see that, they haven't really been paying attention, but let's face it. He's not hitting the roof of the house of pain. Like Anthony Richardson hit the roof of, his uh, facility and Bryce Young hit the roof of his. It's those little things that are going to set Stetson Bennett back. And it's nothing that he hasn't overcome before. I just don't understand uh, how you can let him go that deep, let him fall that far. I just think that it will happen. Um, I think we've seen it happen time and time again with the quarterback position. People want as much of a sure thing as possible, unless they're just really willing to risk it all, uh, and I think that's going to happen to Stetson. Now, what I also predicted is that the nature of the league is so violent, it's so painful, it's so aggressive, that a starting quarterback rarely makes it wire to wire without sitting out a series, a, a play, a half, a game, or a string of games. And I do believe that even if Stetson does go that late in the draft, I think he's going to have his chance to once again prove all the doubters wrong. I'm not even going to say haters. I don't think people hate him. I think they just want to see what he can do at the NFL level, and you don't really get a mulligan. You don't get a warm-up round when you draft a quarterback. So that's why I ultimately think he's going to continue to tumble. We saw Jake Fromm kind of tumble a few years back, and uh, Stetson Bennett, even though he won the championships, maybe has more going against him just in the size department. And uh, I guess to some extent the off-the-field stuff, but now that time has passed, I don't know how much that arrest in Dallas will really be held against them. Uh, it's just some of the other stuff that adds up to unknown commodities about Stetson Bennett, and that's why I think he'll fall to the sixth round. The, the, the biggest thing to me with Stetson, and, and I do agree with you that I don't think he's going to go in the top five rounds, um, but you know somebody could take a flyer on him because of – his proven ability to win games and to get the ball to playmakers. And he's athletic too. That's, that's one big thing that he had that he has going for him that Jake Fromm didn't necessarily have going for him. Um, You know, neither of them have, you know, a cannon for an arm. Um, But Stetson is able to make plays with his legs when things break down. And I think that's a big part of football these days is the ability to make something out of nothing um, you know, whether that's, you know, escaping pressure and, and throwing it away 
or, you know, picking up a first down and moving the chains with your legs. So, you know, for me, I think, um, you know, uh, listening to the Daniel Jeremiah, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, uh, all the, all those, you know, pundits speak about Stetson and, and what they think he could be. Um, I, I thought the comparison to, uh, to Colt McCoy was really interesting. Somebody that's, that's been a backup, kind of like you said, Wes, um, you know, that, that, that has proven that he can come in there and win games when called upon uh, because things haven't gone, you know, perfectly uh, with, with the starters in front of him. Um, you know, I, I, I think he can be – I think Stetson can be a great backup uh, that, that gives his team a chance, a really good chance to keep playing good football uh, when he's forced onto the field. I think when he gets his chance, he's going to make some NFL defenders look silly. I do think that. I just don't know if he's going to get his chance as early as maybe a lot of dogs fans think that he should in the NFL draft anyway. I mean, Jake Fromm got a start, right? Did yeah. he start one game? I think he got two. Yeah, so. He got a couple. Um, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's the, the thing that I keep going back to is Stetson. It makes it unpredictable. Is it's that whole like, hey, is the team going to fall in love with you type thing? But it's also once you get past that third round, once you get to day three, I don't think they really care if they like you. That they'll take a flyer on you. You know, they'll 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 go get you. Um, uh, and I think somebody's going to like him. I, I picked him to go in the fifth round. I do know that. Um, the guy I am most confident in, in my pick, is Darnell Washington. Um, I have Darnell Washington being a top 50 pick. Um, I, I'm not ruling it out of him being a first-round guy. I think that somebody would be smart to do that. But I think in Darnell Washington, you're getting a similar guy to Nolan Smith on the offensive side of the ball. And here's why I say that is this, you're talking about a multifaceted football player. It, are the massive numbers there? No, they're not. But are the are the traits there to help you win in a lot of different ways? Absolutely. I mean, Darnell Darnell is a great blocker. He's a great uh, he, he's a great he's a guy that can kind of give you options and short yardage and red zone. Um, he's so good after the catch for a for a massive human being. I mean, I I don't know that I've ever witnessed a a big you know traditional tight end that I've ever thought, man, he's just not going to get tackled by first or second guy usually. I mean, he's usually going to take a couple dudes to get him on the ground. He's got a lot of Rob Gronkowski, um, you know, qualities. You look at the measurables from their combines, very similar. Darnell's faster. Darnell's, you know, a little quicker. Uh, Gronkowski's a little bit more explosive as far as a leaper goes. You know, Darnell's got bigger hands. He's probably a bigger guy. Um, there's just a lot of, of different aspects there. And I tell you what, man, um, you know, uh, Todd Monken, you know, with the you know right there with the Ravens, it would not would not at all shock me if the Ravens picked him in the first round because I know how much do the Ravens have first round pick? Yeah, twenty two, I think. Yeah, that may be a little bit high. And, and they've got Mark Andrews; they don't necessarily need a tight. Yeah, guy. but I'm I'm telling you, Todd Monken loves this cat, loves him. Like is is you know I, obviously he should love Brock Bowers. Everybody knows about my Brock Bowers man crush, but but Darnell Washington, um, you know Darnell Washington has has a big fan of Todd Monken and Mark Andrews or not, um, Mark Andrews can't do the stuff Darnell Washington can do from a physicality standpoint, and um, that's a good fit too. If you're talking about a run heavy offense, they think they might get Lamar back or whatever. I, I think it's a good pick. 
Um, well, the guy I thought you were going to talk about was Jalen Carter, and I think that we all are pretty bullish on him, regardless of yet another shot at this guy uh, coming in late. I left um, Carter off so that we could get five to ten talking about this. Yeah, you're you're brilliant, uh, and that's that's producing on the fly right there from Jake Rowe. Um, so let's talk about that, guys. Is this a conspiracy? Is this info wars right now? Is someone really just trying to make sure Jalen Carter doesn't make it out of the top five or top ten? This is this is like maybe it's just because I'm so close to it covering the team. I don't really know if I can remember a guy having this much flack continually come up from a from a place where he was the number one overall projected pick. Uh leading into the actual draft night. This has been quite quite the slide, at least if you're paying attention to all the PR buzz on Jalen Carter. I was talking with uh, um, Bark After Dark alum Seth Emerson uh, uh, earlier today about this, and we agreed. We were like, man, this is just so weird that we haven't heard a thing. Like, I haven't heard, like, outside of, of the Missouri incident, right? The, the little, you know, Missouri incident, Connor Riley caught it on film, I believe, put it up there for Dog Nation. It was really good work by him. Um, I was up in the press box probably eating some ice cream or something. <laughs> um, but he was down there on the field, and Jalen started that whole deal, right? He, he was trying to kind of egg them on a little bit. Um, you know, okay, it, no punches were thrown, no nothing got out of hand. It was just like a little shouting match and, and you know, guys getting between each other and all that stuff, and then it was over. I mean, 30 seconds. Well, my God. This, little, this man looks right here, looks like Tango and Cash. Right Look here. at the beard already <laughs> growing back. This dude looks like, this dude like, looks like Kurt Russell's uh, brother from Tango and Cash. <laughs> Put this man in gin pop right now. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, that was uh, that was all um, that was all Jalen. But other than that, I got nothing. Like I mean, um, you know, teammates raved about him. They came to his defense the first time Todd McShay said something about it. They all like, I mean, they actually they, I mean, they just they were like on the Johnny on the spot. Like, dude, Jay, you know, JC's one of my favorite guys. Um, you know, the coaches praised him for coming back. I mean, was there maybe some inconsistent effort or some point? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I've heard that, you know, I, I've heard that, you know, there were some off season workouts where you would be surprised at some of the, you know, some of the office of linemen that may have gotten the better of him, but he wouldn't, he would never was the kind of guy that without pads, he wasn't the same guy as he was with pads. And we've seen what he is with pads and uh, newsflash, you wear them in the sport. You really do. You use them. So I think you should be judged on what he does with the pads and the helmet on. Um, but I never heard a bad word about him. And um, still haven't. I've asked. Uh, nobody has not, nothing that I know about. So what I'm concerned about here or what I'm wondering about here is, will Todd McShay ever be able to get anything out of the Georgia staff ever again? Um, because <laughs> if they told him something and he's maybe making a mountain out of a molehill, I don't know. Like it, he could just have better connections. You know, like I put on Twitter earlier today, and I'm not saying Todd McShay is doing this every year. The, the these these unattributed quotes these sources quotes these off the records quotes right that I've never spoken to anybody off the record that I was like hey I'm gonna put you on the record and get a long quote from you uh, but you're really off the record that's not how that works so these these long 200 word quotes of really descriptive uh, information they just get juicier and juicier and bigger and bigger every yeah, the one year. from uh, Bob McGinn this week 
who runs a sub stack, uh, apparently has some NFL inside mm-hmm. info from time to time, said that he doesn't know if uh, Jalen Carter actually loves football. I mean, ask the people who have made uh, – who Jalen Carter made hate football when he played <laughs> against them, if he loves football or not. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not a total dedication to the game, and it is a, a mountain out of a molehill situation. But to say that he may or may not love football, that one to me was just eye roll inducing. What's up? I Jake? bet uh, I bet Hendon Hooker thinks he hates something. He hates Hendon Hooker. Yeah, he hates something. Roos, what do you make of this uh, Jalen Carter situation? You think the Falcons will actually take him if he's still there? I do. I, I got. I I pray for it every night. I I hope that that's what happens. I I told you. I told you weeks ago that I hope the Falcons are the ones putting all this buzz in Todd McShay's ear. I hope that they're the ones telling Bob McGinn the kid doesn't love football. And I hope that he falls to Atlanta and they take him. Um, because listen, Terry Fontenot said the other day that they're going best available player, and that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. To me, if Jalen Carter is at that spot. He's going to be the best available player. There's a chance that he's the best available player in the draft. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. I mean, it's, I, I, I sure hope so. Um, but uh, same thing as Roe, man. I, I don't, the stuff that we're hearing on him is, is odd. It's, it's not something that it's not a constant refrain that I've ever heard. Um, his is not a name, you know, I mean, there are guys that you hear, things about that are not positive and you know would make you maybe question how much do they love football that carter's never one of those guys that's been mentioned man and simultaneously you've heard some really good things come out about him that you haven't heard about other guys right i mean the weston wallace story talking about buying his uh, lunch and all that that's you could say maybe that was timing based on what other people had said and they they were trying to do a little damage control there but at any rate, I think Jalen Carter, if I were a GM and my job was on the line, Jalen Carter is a guy I would I would probably push the chips in on um, because I think, listen, money changes people. If you're worried about some things, and I, and I understand too, and I said this, I think, on the board one day, it changes. A lot of people change when something really profound happens in their life. And I think that Jalen Carter experienced something really profound with the accident and and on the racing and all of that. You hope that that's a wake up call for a a young man like that. And in a lot of cases, I think that things like that are what spur change in people. And so, you know, we, we haven't had a chance to see Jalen Carter on the field or practicing since that time. Um, And how does that affect things? I I'd like to believe that it will spur him to be a, a, you know, the, the the best man that he can be. Yeah, there's no guarantees in any of this. And us saying that we haven't heard anything about Jalen Carter's character doesn't mean that we're guaranteeing he's going to turn into a no, sure. world beater at, at the NFL level. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't hear nearly as much as Jake Rowe hears, but I do know that we hear stuff. You know, we hear significant stuff just being around the tornado that is this team and this business and uh i've never heard anything about it it was that one fight at missouri that one little dust up man that was it and that's the that's kind of the crazy thing about all this and is, these, look these are big strong physical people it's it, fights are going to happen to some degree i, I mean that's 
there's an aggressive nature you, to the game, man. Yeah, I mean, you you've don't got want, adrenaline flowing. It's, you, you don't want the choir boys on your on your NFL defensive roster. That's the cliche. Yeah. But one of my buddies played uh, defense at VMI, okay? He didn't go to the NFL, so I'm not saying that he's an NFL stud or anything. But he said something to me one day that has always stuck with me, and he said, if you are going to play defense in the NFL – you have to have something wrong with you at a cognitive, mental, <laughs> social level it, within reason that most people don't have. Because you do, man. You are going out there and trying to hurt people, and that's yeah. your job. And if, if some of this stuff, it does just seem like, why are we so, uh, so surprised even or, or so concerned about any little element or inkling or clue that Jalen Carter may have been a pain in the ass. Yeah. This probably makes him better at his job if he is. I'm with you 100%. Um, Rhett Womack says, if Carter falls to 10, there will be nine teams that regret this draft. Sure. I don't think I don't think that's too far off base. Uh, if the Falcons don't draft Nolan or Carter, if they're available, then I'm done with the Falcons, Uncle Glenn Hartley says. I feel like there's someone that says that every year, though. My the to me the ideal situation for the Falcons is to trade that pick, trade back into like like fifteen sixteen, and go get Broderick Jones. Pick up get a get a couple picks, get a couple late picks, or maybe you get a third or something like that. Trade I mean, back and get, believe, get believe it or not, there's some fodder out there about him right now. Apparently, somebody was talking about the Titans today, maybe taking him and. There was, Palmer. Comparison, there was some comparing him to Isaiah Wilson as far as immaturity issues, and I'm just kind of like, what the hell's going on here, man? I mean, that, that's 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 feels like a lazy comparison just because, yeah. you know, hey, Titans guy, Georgia offensive lineman, who comes to mind? Isaiah Wilson. What wouldn't surprise me, you know, Roos, you mentioned the Falcons possibly trading back out of eight. What wouldn't surprise me all too much, especially if – one of the quarterbacks that the Titans, you know, have their eyes on. Yes. Uh, is there Arthur Smith and who worked for the Titans was their OC for a while. Knows Mike Vrabel getting a deal done between those two. Um, you know, but because I, I don't think the Falcons are going quarterback. Y'all are going to love Anthony Richardson in Nashville, buddy. That's all I got to no. say about the Titans, baby. <laughs> Tighten up. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm a believer in the, the theory that, uh, Vrabel got in his Ohio, his fellow Buckeye, uh, Buckeye's ear, and told him to uh, tank his his what S two Q two test or whatever. It was. Yeah. Um, hey CJ, you'll love Music City. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> These honky tonk bars are fun, man. <laughs> yeah, this quarterback, this quarterback uh, carousel the past week has been impossible to keep up it's, with. It's not, and and, and I I feel like. People are going to lose their jobs uh, bet, betting on some of the quarterbacks in this draft. I really. Oh yeah. Uh, so and and while we talk about the quarterbacks in this draft, I saw a, a graphic and I think on three put it out. But the twenty three quarterbacks versus the twenty four quarterbacks, which group would y'all take? Because the one with Caleb Williams in it. I mean, okay, that's that's one guy though. Sure. Do but you think- to me, to me, there's only two surefire guys in this draft. Uh, is, the is there more than one surefire guy? 
in I mean, do we think Drake May is surefire? Drake May, Drake May's gonna Drake May's gonna have a lot of people. I know who does think Drake May is surefire. <laughs> I do too. The woman who gave birth to Palmer Toms. <laughs> she's a, she's a UNC alum and she is big on some Drake May, brother. <laughs> Uh, Tomahawk Dog says you came in late with extra study and bringing the juice. I love the, I love the draft. I'm obsessed with the, the roof draft, juice. Man. The roof juice. Roof juice is actually what I call my hunch punch when I make it. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Jake Roos watched the first NFL draft. Jake Roos and I watched together. Uh, we made some nachos. We made some pulled pork nachos that uh, just uh, I still think about them sometimes. They're the best nachos I've ever had to this day. But did you I do mean, pork too, or did you just? pick up the pork and no i smoked well, we smoked a butt we smoked the butt up, injected it with uh with the seasonings and everything mm -hmm. um you know you know spent a lot of time on it and then we put like a big pan thing cheese dip then actual real cheese you know you know a little bit of cheese a little bit of onion <laughs> is, uh, is yeah. this what you were gonna make us tomorrow night jake no no uh, i was gonna i was just gonna do straight barbecue and i know you shocker you, you know i don't like barbecue <laughs> Uh, Jack Black and Saving Silverman. Nachos are stuck together. It's still one nacho. <laughs> uh, if you are on break, what a movie! Tea, what an <laughs> underrated movie! Oh, it's it's one of the more quotable. Stay away from women. Films. I don't want your man juice. <laughs> Judith, Breaking Tea <laughs> is the place to uh, get that new Georgia T-shirt or hoodie that you need. We're celebrating back-to-back -back national championships, guys. If you don't have a brand-new T-shirt to commemorate the occasion, then what are you doing? You're going to forget about it. You're going to forget that it even happened. Not if you wear a T-shirt or a hoodie from Breaking Tea. You're going to be half asleep like I am at all hours of the day right now at the newborn, but you're going to look in the mirror brushing your teeth or wondering about that ingrown neck hair, and then you're going to see that T-shirt. And you're going to say, oh, yeah, Georgia won back-to-back -back national championships. Check out the link in this episode description. It's always there. And get yourself a brand-new T-shirt from Breaking Tea. Jake Rowe, you weren't on the show on Sunday when we Keep talked a little bit me, please. about uh, C.J. Stroud. Glad you got your internet back. Um, but if one it guy was even really out. Oh, it was out, brother. It, it I, was had out. Crying, I had crying kids. I drove by his house later that night and saw that the the whole family was just melting down, just cruised by the <laughs> cruised by the window just to make sure that no one was on the internet and no one was. Is is that why you went to the uh to, to the farm with, with the alpacas and no, no, that happened. Yeah, I guess that did happen before, but no, we had that plan. Great what? photos, by the way. Incredible. Yeah, really some quick... of the finest. You this one where you're where you're pointing at the outback. I mean, you were like calling that thing down, dude. Yeah, I mean, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't like look me in the eye. I was trying to turn that outback into a man. What Don't a coward. He wouldn't look me in the eye. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man. They so they had this three-year-old camel, and and uh three-year-old, three years old for a camel is apparently like a very juvenile camel. And uh he acted it, he acted his age, uh, because he there was like a little mini horse in there with him, and he was just biting the hell out of him, um, and like goofing off. And then um at one point I put my hand up there to feed him a carrot, he eats the carrot, and then he tries to bite my arm 
And I'm like, whoa, dude, calm down. And then my wife's not paying attention, and he tries to bite her twice. Like, it, she, he's, got her, he's got her over there like, ah! Like, she's just, like, trying to get out of his, you know, get out of the way. And he's got her by the shirt. It's it's pretty hilarious. But, he, I mean, apparently he uh, – it was very, he's still very gentle. It's pretty incredible. But Juvenile you know. Camel juvenile camel playing at Go Bar this weekend in Athens. <laughs> the good band name. Good band name. That was like something Zach Thrower was in. <laughs> juvenile Camel. Um, Short that sounds like That sounds like a petting zoo from hell, Jake Rowe. Oh, I, I mean, you know, you should take your kids. It's not too far. No, I I think I know which one it is. Half Moon. It, yeah, it looks Call like them out by name. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the. Uh, I have a feeling they're not on the internet, but if they are, we'd love for them to sponsor. Hey, so so here's the, the deal: they've got a couple lemurs there. Here's the deal: they've got a couple lemurs, and I don't know if you've seen the movie. What movie is it, Wes? That cartoon movie, um, Madagascar. 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 Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and and the one of them, he he talks with like an accent. I don't want to try and do it, but I do it. But the guy who runs the place, I'm sitting there looking at the lemur, and he comes up and he says, his name is Julian. But he <laughs> sounds exactly like the lemur from Madagascar. I, dude, I freaked out. I was like, I was looking around. I was like, did that lemur just say that? <laughs> it was I'm telling you, when I drive past this place, and I think it's the same place, there's like four or five like 1980-something Mercedes sitting yes, out Yes, that's it, 100%. <laughs> and it makes me wonder if this place is run by the gypsies from snatch like is <laughs> is like brad dags? pitt gonna roll out you like dags yeah <laughs> like a packers yeah um, my, my. the show does it this show really has it all doesn't it all right this is the pre-nfl draft show damn it uh right hey, the lemur in round one makes sense when you when you weren't on the show we talked about cj stroud's plummet okay and we've talked about anthony richardson on here before i think bryce young is is the guy that a lot of us kind of believe could be the surefire dude but will levis your guy the kentucky wildcat has gotten all shredded up i guess he stopped putting mayo in his coffee and suddenly the odds have him placed at if not number one the next quarterback to go off the board of the draft what is happening with the Wildcats quarterback? Tell you what, man. Um, I pity the fool. I pity the fool who makes that mistake. Because not only does the man put mayonnaise in his coffee, but he eats bananas with the peel on. Um, next thing that's you know, he, that's next, the worst one. Next thing you know, he's, you're going to tell me he eats the rind out of pecans. Um, and then I'm going to say he's basically dead. He eats, you know, <laughs> he eats apple cores. Yeah. The, the, well, the only way you can eat the banana peel or rhymes out of a pecan is if you're functionally just uh not with us anymore the, the dmt has been released in your brain naturally and you're gone um so uh i mean that's the only way that's the way i guess so i can put it because that that's those are the two of the worst tasting things on the planet um but yeah i i just don't think will levis is worth crap as a quarterback i mean i think he's a really good dude i hope he hangs around i hope he makes so much money it's unreal um, but I just don't think he's any good. And, and, uh, I mean, I, I get why he's sexy though. Right. I mean, he's big, he's got a strong, his arm is strong. Pause. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Look, if that's, if that was the qualification for an NFL draft pick though, like, no, think no, no, about no. the guys. 
it's it, i think we it's a league of compare. no jake i want you to think about sexy guys that would have been drafted high <laughs> jake roos is a bicep guy it's, a, it's <laughs> no but it's a it's a comparison league and i think a lot of people see josh allen in will levis and and i don't i don't think that's true but i think that that's <sighs> where the people are coming from and they're saying look at this you know it's like uh what, what was the the guy the um the broncos draft well uh, they've drafted a couple of paxton lynch uh, Brock Osweiler felt the same way about Paxton Lynch that I do about Will Levis. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, here's the thing: I can understand Will Levis where the Broncos took Paxton Lynch, which I think was like the 22nd pick, maybe. Yeah, sure. A little further back, I could understand that a lot more than I could. I mean, listen, anybody who takes that takes that guy at number one, and I'm listen, I'm not going to degrade him or anything like that because I know he he works hard and he plays hard. <clears throat> I get all that. And I got a lot of respect for him as a football player. He's just not a good quarterback. Let and me ask you this. He basically handed Ole Miss a game. Let me ask you this. Better better NFL prospect, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm I'm and going to go with I'm going to go with Levis, and it's just because. I saw him make fewer mistakes against Georgia. Now, what he did against Ole Miss, that was pretty putrid. But at least at least he stood up and turned in a decent performance against the Dogs the last couple seasons. Anthony Richardson can't say that. Well, I will say Anthony Richardson did kind of catch fire in the third quarter. He had like um, a 50-something – yeah, QBR man, he's terrible. Yeah, it, it wasn't great overall, and he he was awful that first game. First game was his first start, um, and that's not the team you really want to deal with in your first start. That's true. Uh, I mean, you look back at that team in that first start. I mean, I, we could go on and on about this. There were at least, there were five, there were six first round draft picks, seven first round draft picks. If Nolan Smith goes, uh, yeah, um, times a flat circle. Who really made his day? Hell, Nolan Smith. Yeah, so. Um, I think if you if I had to pick if if you were just like all right dude you got to take one of these guys, um, I think I would. I think I might take Anthony Richardson. I'd, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd take him. him. I would too, because of the 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 tools. Yeah, because I might because I might need a I might need a middle linebacker or something. <laughs> the, the, the ceiling is higher, and I'm not talking about the one that he that he hit at his pro day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been God, but Palmer. I mean, that was that pretty high, though. Week, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big fan of either guy. Like, no, I, you know, it would it would probably if you told me like, all right, listen, pick one of these guys, and if they pan out, you can be a billionaire, take five hundred thousand dollars, and go home. I would I'd take my five hundred thousand dollars and go home. Sure, because sure. I don't think you. I don't. I wouldn't. I, I don't think either one of them. I wouldn't bet five hundred grand on either one of them to be good. Um, but. Yeah, I I, I like uh, – I think – here's the reason why. I think Anthony Richardson gives you a Terrell Pryor-type athlete who may yes. be able to flip over and do some other stuff for you sure. at some point. Um, 
even uh, listen, he's got a cannon. Both of them do. Um, but I, I would probably take Richardson just because I think he's the better athlete. And, yep. you know, worst come to worst, um, you know, he can be a gimmick backup quarterback for you who can run some red zone and, um, you know, be the NFL version of the belldozer. 100%. I just think you're uh, – I think you're pot committed on hating Will Levis. I, I, I don't hate him at all. I, I love him. I think he's a swell young man. Um, I just don't think he's a good quarterback. You and I don't think Anthony Richardson's a good quarterback. I would give them both like, you know, you're bad at being quarterback greats. I would give them both that grade. But, you know, I just think, you know, Anthony Richardson gives you an out. All right, let me you let's let's three. add Hendon Hooker into this mix. Hendon Hooker, 100%. You, you I'm would take him over both. You would take a 25-year-old Hendon Hooker coming off of an ACL injury over mm-hmm. both. Of and sleep well at night over it, too. Uh, you know one of my fa- you know one of my favorite things about Hendon Hooker is I was watching this video the other day of Georgia beating Tennessee and I swear to God Tennessee fans just do not understand how lucky they were to get that rain. Um, but Jamon Dumas Johnson flies up and unloads on Hendon Hooker and he kind of bounces off of him and. You know, he still comes back and makes the tackle. Like, he bounces off of him. He gets up on his – then he slides around, gets up on his knees and tackles him again. He knocks Hinton Hooker off balance. But, I don't know, man. I think Hinton Hooker's a I good I mean, guys player. bounce off of Anthony Richardson. Yeah, but Anthony Richardson sucks. And, and <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Now the now we can pull uh, the balls out. <laughs> let's uh, Sorry, chop some wood. <laughs> I'm going to chop some wood. Not really, but I do want to – Get us into chopping wood. Slim in the comments. Welcome, Slim. Slim says, dude, says pecan like he's from Maine. Is that how people in Maine say pecan? That's how I say it. But that's how, people, that's how people who live on, you know, who grew up near Main Street in Pearson, Georgia say it. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about Maine with an E, though. I didn't – I figured in Maine they'd say pecan or uh, pecan or something. I don't, I don't know how pecan. they'd say it up there. Pecan. pecan. <laughs> basically canada yeah uh, no, you say pecan where i'm from dude sorry yeah that that, that surprised me i didn't know that's how they said i've it never more. drunk a con of coke sorry can of pop uh let's chop some wood i'm gonna chop some wood about coach prime and his comments that he wants to run his program like nick saban and kirby smart and he said that the only difference between himself and those guys is that he played in the NFL. Now, he said that wasn't a shot at either one of them. He just said that, that he wants to build his programs the same way they do, and that's pretty smart because it probably means if you can succeed at it, you're going to win some championships along the way. Uh, now, you're seeing the transfer portal exodus from Colorado right now. I think it's 51 players have hit the portal since he took the job or since a certain time frame uh, in recent history. This isn't like all time. This is within the past several months. And everyone's quick to say, well, I guess Deion Sanders is just hard to play for. If he's trying to model his team after the teams that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart have put together, then that's probably true. It's hard to play for. What was the quote you had a few weeks back? Jake Rowe, you've got to have a, you've got to have a reason. You've got to have a, a why at Georgia yeah. because if you don't, yeah, that was just, that was Marius Mims. 
Marius Mims said that. It's hard as hell, and you've got to have another reason than just wanting to play at Georgia if you want to succeed at Georgia. And it seems like that's what Coach Prime wants to do at Colorado. It's not all fun and games at the spring game. And I, I don't know if he'll win a national championship at Colorado, but if Colorado is a stepping stone to a bigger, better Power 5 job and he gets to cut his teeth a little bit doing it the way that he's seen uh, Saban and Kirby Smart do it, look out for Coach Prime, man, if he's actually able to do it. I want to put the cart before the horse here because he'll probably have about 18 players on scholarship if this transfer portal thing keeps going the way it is uh, and he can actually, he can't hold on to anyone on the roster, but I like that quote from him, man. He's, he's pretty serious about what he wants to do. It's not just all about the flash and all about the prime stuff. He's, he's here and he means business and in the power five level. I tell you what, I love him and I always have, and I always will. Like, I mean, I, I remember, you know, rec league football begging for number 21 because i wanted to be like Dion, even though i was playing guard okay um but when i think when i think jake Co athlete i think Dion sanders yeah. <laughs> i loved him i loved Dion. i was such a big fan um he's brave too you know at the time and it was it was oh, great yeah. but Dion's Dion has cut his own legs out from under himself twice all right already one nobody wants a bunch of look at me guys and Dion, all he does is he's a look at me guy. Everything he does, the cowboy hat, the 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 calling himself Coach <laughs> Prime, all that stuff. You can't preach, you know, selflessness and team, 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 and constantly being the look at me guy. Like you, people are going to take on the personality of their coach, which is fine if you yeah. are an elite cornerback. Um, but he's not that anymore, and those players haven't seen him be that in a long time. And he's going to recruit well, and he's going to get guys. He's going to run guys off too because he's going to, you know, he's going to kind of put them in the shadow. And two, Roos brought it up on the board today. When you bring your son over to be quarterback, and you basically name him the starter before he ever does anything, that's I the mean, most anti. That's the most anti Kirby Smart Nick Saban move yeah. that I could possibly think of. One hundred percent. If you want to say that that's what your direction is, that. I, Kirby Smart, I dare say, probably with with do. some exceptions. That was a big exception. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would I, Kirby Smart, I dare say, would make his son, you know, carry water, uh, even if he was a five star quarterback. He'd make the kid. I mean, I, I I'm not. Listen, it, it is what it is, right? Shadur Sanders, and I said this on the board. He is he's a high level player. I think he's a really good player. But you can't bring that expectation to people and ask everybody else to do it and earn your numbers and all this stuff. And then this guy's just penciled in before the first snap of spring practice. That's that's not going to sit well with anybody. I'm sorry. Maybe he's just being transparent. All right. (laughs) Who's taking the axe? I'll take it. Um so I talked about on Sunday, stock up on uh, non-football Georgia sports with baseball, softball, getting sweeps, and tennis, uh, women's tennis winning the ter- SEC tournament. Uh, basketball, mentioned them briefly, uh, but I'm going to mention them again because they added a really, really good player on Monday. Silas Damari Jr. out of Charlotte. Uh, number 62 player in the country, number 10 point guard, according to the on three industry ranking. Uh, on 
the the in-house rankings have him even higher at 41 overall and six among players at his position. This kid can play. And Georgia <clears throat> needed a, a point guard. They had one true point guard on their roster for next year. Mike White saw that, saw uh, a, a kid that had initially signed with USC uh, back in the fall as a part of their highly rated recruiting class, backed out of his commitment there, likely because Bronny James is headed there here before too long. Um, but Silas was on the market. Georgia saw that opportunity and jumped on it and, and attacked it. And so uh, they have added their 10th scholarship player for next season. Uh, they've got three spots left, several guys that they're still recruiting. Um, again, they added RJ Melendez and Jalen Deloach uh, out, of, out of the transfer portal from Illinois and VCU. They signed two kids in the class of 2023. And then they've got five guys returning from last year's group. Mike White has Georgia basketball going in the right direction. Uh, and Silas Tamari Jr., certainly a big part of the plans there, uh, you know, as he comes in as a freshman. Mike White is cruising. Uh, Matthew C. over here says uh, that uh, I don't see how the Shitter Sanders situation is any different from the Jamie Newman situation. Listen, they probably told Jamie Newman he could be the starter, but I don't remember Kirby Smart ever coming out before Jamie Newman took a snap in spring practice and saying Jamie Newman will start for this team this fall in a team meeting. That's not that that didn't happen. And uh, wasn't that the introductory meeting? Yes, it was. Yeah, in, yeah. in the intro press. I mean, Kirby comes. You know, Kirby walks in there first meeting for the 2020 team and says, "Hey." That Jamie Newman, we got a guy coming here named Jamie Newman. He's going to be our quarterback. Never, what wouldn't happen? Apples a, and apples and universal joints, man. Spark plugs. That, that the, the the difference that I do see, and I'm not comparing the two at all, but when I see Dion coming into Colorado, I think he knows that that team had a lot of scrubs on it, and I think that Kirby took sure. the Georgia job and knew that he still had a lot of dudes on it. It didn't have the dudes that he wanted. Taylor picked, hand picked uh, to his liking. I just think Dion knew that he had to make an impact right away, and he knew that he was going to force a lot of guys out of the out of the room by doing something that drastic. That and was like why Michael, I think. He and did. like Michael Keaton and the other guys, he don't want no scrubs. Doesn't want them. Man, Jamie has got to be got to be one of the biggest what ifs of. Uh, Georgia football history. I got to tell you guys, listen, I'm I'm never going to get it, I don't think, and, you know, I don't think this is going to hurt my chances, but I, Instagram DMs got me this close one time. I thought I was going to get the Jamie Newman expose, mm -hmm. and uh, I haven't gotten there yet, but I really want to. I want to talk to him and tell part of his story, um, find out what was dark true. Dark after dark. Yeah, I would love – oh, man, are you kidding me? I'd love to have Jamie Newman on Dark After Dark. It would kick anybody off who's got anything negative to say about him because you don't know what the kid's been through. Walk a mile in his shoes, Everlast says. <laughs> a hell of a lot of references in a span of 24 seconds, wow. Jake. Bro. Right, that's right. I'm full of them tonight. Listen, I got another one for my chopping wood tonight, and it's a Kid Cudi song. Um, uh, it's in uh, it's in uh, Project X, and it's Pursuit of Happiness. And he says, tell me what you know about dreams, dreams. Tell me what you know about nightmares. Nothing. Okay. Listen, I may come across as like this hardened, angry, 
you know, um, Who man, that? <laughs> you penetrated uh, with with the sharpest of knives. Okay, where I'm, is this? You said that I, li- I give off, but I'm a big softy. All right, I'm a big softy, and my favorite part about the NFL draft every year is watching people like Tack McKinley go ape mm-hmm. over just. You know, just like find me. He's like, find me. He hadn't even signed a contract yet. He's like, find me because he says the f bomb at the contract at the at the combine. Just goes bananas. Find me later, man. Find me um, later. Because this that's what that's how big of the dreams that come true. All of the injuries, all of the broken fingers and broken legs, and uh, I mean, you know, the the concussions, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the you can't do it, the you can do it, um, the recruitment, everything all culminates into one night in the, you know, for the first round guys. And then for everybody else from there on out, you celebrate with family members. Like you never have before you see your girlfriend get shoved out of the way by your mom. Um, hmm. That wasn't a good omen. Um, you know, you see Russell omen. Wilson's girlfriend go horse face in front of everybody. We know why he traded her in. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's, it, it, I'm telling you, watching dreams come true, make people do crazy stuff. And I love it. It is my favorite part about the NFL draft. I, I, I soak all of that up every time because it really is cool. I've said this before. Um, I have a hard time listening to fans really get after players because I know that 99% of those fans, if they had to go through one day of preseason camp, would um would be like some of those people that get on naked and afraid sometimes. <laughs> It'd be like one hour and I'm done. Bring the helicopter airlift me out of here we need an extraction um but you know those guys go through oftentimes you know 60 preseason camp camp practices and you know spring practices and battle back from major injuries it's it's incredibly cool and i enjoy watching that part so kid cuddy dreams what you know about nightmares nothing you should sing it come on jay ah. I don't like to embarrass myself but it was in that movie project x uh so i'm going to go have a good cry Call some lawyers. Okay. All right. Um, tonight, I'm going to chop wood about a couple of the Georgia NFL draft prospects since I wasn't here for that uh, talk in the beginning of the show. To me, the guys I'm chopping tonight on are Warren McClendon and Chris Smith. And I think both of those guys are going to be undervalued by the NFL scouts. And I think both of those guys have potential to go on and have very long and successful careers mm-hmm. in the NFL. And Warren McClendon, I think, more so than any uh, – than, uh, Chris, I, I, Chris is a good player. I think Warren has a chance to be a guy who hangs around the league for a long time, uh, whether it's as a backup, whether it's as a starter, a five position guy, in my opinion. And uh, I've said that about him since he came out of high school. Um, I, I love Warren McClendon's game. And I think that he's the kind of guy who just shows up, does his job. You don't hear a lot about Warren McClendon. And that's a good thing if you're an offensive lineman. So I, I'm rooting for Warren McClendon. Uh, and uh, all these guys, I mean, I covered all of them, but uh, Warren McClendon, I think, is a guy whose stock is maybe not as high as it should be, and uh, I think that he's going on to a, a big thing. Nine Iron Dog taking us out tonight. Let me tell you, I put this master shirt on because I didn't know if Jake Rose internet was going to work tonight, so <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to make sure that we were represented uh, just in case. We, we were like uh, – I read a stat the other day. On the Braves, I didn't realize this, that dating back to the 2018 season, I don't know if y'all saw this when I shared it, they have not lost 
This is from Nakahoma Nation. Since the start of the 2018 season, the Braves' longest in-season losing streak is four games. There are only they're the only team in MLB over that span that's not lost at least five games in a row at some point during the season. And I want us to have a similar stat on uh, on the Georgia show here. We can't we can't have a stretch of shows without Masters gear. So just trying to keep it alive. Hey man, Braves Braves have mounted a furious comeback tonight. Uh, I don't want to start talking live on there. I did it on Bill Shanks one time, and I think <laughs> Big Bill was worried about catching an FCC fine. Uh, <laughs> he, he shut me down. I think they almost hung up on me. <laughs> but uh yeah so braves mountain of furious comeback maybe got a chance to go ahead here pretty soon so we'll you're see. just pulling a you're pulling a brent musburger yeah. y'all have a great night uh thank you for listening to the georgia show premium membership still up for grabs over at dogshq.com we don't just talk here we have premium stuff juicy nuggets that we don't share for free right here big things so, popping at, at dogs hq they'll get on over to <laughs> You can't is, stop. Is that, another, is that another reference? You can't stop what's coming. Get on over to the message board and uh, hang out with us. Enjoy the draft. Like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. We'll be right back here Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time to talk about the draft. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy the draft. What do you know about dreams? Jake Rowe, Kid Cuddy. Peace. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.